If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is The Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneur. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com. And without further ado, on with the show. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I have a great guest today. I'm talking to Joe Kashorber. Joe is a lifestyle entrepreneur and a business growth and marketing strategist. He started out his business in high school, building websites for friends, family, and close associates. He then started a startup in college that ultimately failed. And then by the time it failed, it was time for graduation. So Joe realized that he didn't have anything lined up after graduation in terms of employment. So he hunkered down and built his small freelancing business that he had on the side from high school up until college into a powerhouse marketing and web design agency. These days, he helps freelancers and new entrepreneurs grow their business with numerous courses, coaching, and consulting programs. So I'm pleased to have Joe on the show today to tell us a little bit about himself, his business, and how he grew his small freelancing from right out of high school up until what it is today as a web design company making close to $50,000 a month. So with that said, Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Great. So Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, I think you did did a great job describing things in that that intro there. You know, I I started a freelance web design business in high school, sort of by accident. I had a group of friends uh, who had a band, and I I went. They were playing at this restaurant, and I filmed them and sold videotapes of of them their band playing to their parents. It was my first entrepreneurial endeavor, and after that, I, I had the idea to do a video production business, um, and I built a website. I learned to build websites in order to build a website for that video production business that I was trying to start, mm-hmm. um, but I never got any video production clients, um, but people started asking me for web design, seeing that, that I built a website for that business, and so mm-hmm. that's how that got started in the beginning. Wow. So when you did that, what then happened? How did you run the business and start getting more clients? Because you were still in high school and I'm sure you didn't know the first thing about organizing and managing a business that early in your career and in life, correct? Yes, not not at all. At that point, it was just, um, you know, sometimes I'd work with somebody who'd call the the high school and they were looking for a high school student to build a website for him for a couple hundred bucks or somebody I'd randomly meet or my parents would know or something like that and that was really what it is it was it was sort of doing whatever sort of came along mm-hmm. and so that that's how it was all through high school and college where the the freelance web design was something that I did on on the side um, and so it wasn't until after I, I graduated from, from college, I didn't have a job lined up or anything like you mentioned, and I sort of had to make the freelance web design thing work. That's when I realized that, wow, I didn't actually know how to go out and get clients because all the clients I'd ever had just sort of came from word of mouth and referrals and things like that. Okay, great. Now, Joe, 
in the research I did before, you tried to start a startup while you were in college, obviously trying to capitalize on, you know, the trend of, you know, starting out of school, getting a nice comp- tech company going, and then, you know, maybe raising money and blowing up big. So what was the startup and then what happened that led to the startup failing? Oh, yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Yeah, I had the, the sort of Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg kind of dream of, you know, I was going to drop out once this thing, you know, took off and everything. And don't, basically, don't we all? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the that's the dream. Um, and the startup was a a website, a do-it-yourself website builder, sort of like a Wix or Squarespace or okay. something like that. And only the the thing that I was trying to do was I had different versions of it of it for different industries. So I had one mm. for lawyers and one for restaurants and things like that. And it, it really was a pretty miserable failure in that um, I never even got one person to sign up for it. So it was it was $9 a month and I didn't even get one person to sign up. And was that because you didn't know how to go out and sell it or it was not a solution people had a pain or a problem for? It was both of those things. Those okay. were two big realizations I had to have. I, one, I wasn't actually doing it, doing anything to go out and get customers. I had this idea that if I just kept making different versions of it for different industries, somehow I'd get customers, but that's not how it works. You have to actually go out and do marketing and get in front of people. And the other thing, you, you hit the nail on the head that I created a website builder that made sense to me as a mm. web designer, mm. but but was not didn't make sense to a to a restaurant owner or a lawyer or somebody that was doing it themselves. And that was a big lesson realizing that in business you you don't want to create the product that you want. You need to create the product that the that your ideal client or your ideal customer would want and create it from their perspective. Okay, so it sounds to me like you realize quite early that, you know, you didn't have the skills necessary to grow your business in terms of making sales and marketing. So how did you acquire the sales and marketing skills? Yeah, so yeah, it was it was it was after that that business failed and I'm trying to get freelance clients that that um I sort of figured things out. And I tried everything. I'm I tried cold calling, I tried sending things in the mail, I tried Craigslist. I tried all kinds of different marketing strategies, um, and I think that the two things that happened were one, I started learning about direct response marketing specifically. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people have this. I a lot of people think about marketing as putting your logo on stuff and getting your name out there, yeah. getting in front of people, um, because that's what they see big brands like Nike and things like you know big brands like that doing but mm-hmm. when you're a little company you can't just pla- you can't just spend a ton of money to plaster your logo everywhere you need to do direct response marketing where you would get in front of somebody you know you, you know with a powerful message that connects with them and you actually ask them to take a specific behavior set up a call or buy something or or something like that um, and you're actually looking for a return a direct return on the time and the investment in the, in the marketing rather than just expecting to sort of get your brand out there. Um, 
So does that make sense? Yes, that makes perfect sense. So who were the people that you understudied? Because I know direct response marketing, that's probably the purview of Dan Kennedy, correct? So who are some of your mentors while you were digging deep and learning that? And then specifically, how did you start applying it right away to see immediate results in your business? Yeah, so the, the first the first person that I came across that really I understood this this direct marketing direct response marketing concept was Eben Pagan. Okay. Uh, he has some really great um, programs and, and information on marketing specifically, and and that's when I had that realization that oh I need to create marketing that actually elicits a, a, a response and a behavior from people, and then it was from from there that I started. Um, I, I bought a ton of books from Dan Kennedy and read up on on all of his um, information about writing sales letters and direct response marketing and everything and um, went from there. And then sort of the second realization that I had to have was, and this is a sort of sort of nuanced, I, I, I spent a lot of time learning about marketing and learning about copywriting. And for a long time, it, it didn't actually do anything to grow the business. Mm. Um, because for a long time I was trapped in that information gathering mode yeah. of, I kept thinking, well, if I read 10 more books on marketing, I'm all of a sudden going to make a bunch of money. But I, I needed to have a realization eventually that I had to actually stop learning and start going and actually doing it. Mm. Right? You know, yeah. No amount of just tweaking my website and rewriting the copy was going to do anything unless I actually did some advertising or sent something in the mail or actually got in front of people. And a lot of people, especially starting early on, always fall into the trap of information gathering and information acquisition and perpetual study, not realizing that it really boils down to taking action on, even if it's just one chapter you learned in a whole book and what you mastered one chapter you need to execute on that very well for you to start seeing results absolutely it's 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 sort of like um it's sort of like there's a process there's a lot of people out there um you know especially in like traditional businesses that sort of never thought about marketing or never learned anything about marketing um and they're just sort of grinding away at their business you know living off of referrals and stuff and mm -hmm. so that's not good and so you have to go from that place to the to the place where you're actually learning about business and marketing. And um, as Michael Gerber says in the E-Myth, you start working on your business instead of in your business. Um, and and you're, you're learning and gathering all this information. But I think sometimes people get caught in that step and they never get back to the actually running their business and applying everything and taking action um, phase. Yeah. And so you did this, you started implementing. Now, Joe, I know starting out in high school, you were charging a couple hundred bucks to build websites and stuff for people. How did you get the confidence to charge $30,000 for a website and then start charging multiple um, monthly recurrent fees? Because that's a big mental jump, you know. I know you have the marketing skills, you have the design skills, but then the confidence to actually charge what you're worth is a gap that a lot of people actually miss when they're starting and they're running their business. So how did you get that confidence to just make a, what I call it, a hundred time jump in your income? 
Yeah, and it it it, it definitely didn't happen overnight. It was a, 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 a sort of a number of – it was a deliberate process of increasing my prices, and I think okay. that that's one piece of it. I I was very deliberate about continuously over time increasing my prices. Mm-hmm. Um and some of that was some of it was honestly by accident. I had one time um this was actually still in college. I had a situation where at that point I was charging about maybe $700 for a website. And I was so busy with with finals and everything that somebody was was interested in the website and I actually didn't have time to do it. So instead of quoting them 700, which is what I usually was charging. I think I quoted them seventeen hundred, so wow. I added a thousand bucks to it, mm-hmm. and then they bought. <laughs> and you know now seventeen hundred dollar websites, you know, you know much lower than anything I do now. But that was huge. It was this realization that oh, you know, I wasn't charging anywhere near what I should, and it was just that I didn't experiment. So one thing I always recommend to people is. You know, when you're in a situation where you can, you know, can afford to do a little bit of experimentation, just try increasing your price, try changing your price, and see what happens. A lot of people are probably they probably don't even need to do anything different to increase their prices. They just need to actually try it. Yeah, I think it just reminded me of a video I saw of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk a while back, where he said when he was starting out the marketing agency as he transitioned from wine library. That what he did was he quoted a client one time. I think it was a hundred thousand, and then the client laughed at him, and then he dropped down to fifty thousand, and then the, the client told him to go f himself, and then he quoted five thousand, and then the client was like, "Okay, I'll pay five thousand for that." And <laughs> up until that point, he had never charged five thousand for anything. <laughs> that's that's uh, funny. That's really funny. So, how did you start? Um, creating a consistent stream of clients coming into your business because i know you're a big proponent of marketing now so how what were some of your systems and your processes you created and implemented to make sure that you always had clients coming through the door your phone ringing or your email buzzing i mean at the at the very very sort of beginning of starting to to do marketing and stuff it was it was directly um, reaching out to people, so reaching out to people via direct email and just emailing them with, you know, finding people who are a really good fit and directly emailing them, mm-hmm. or even even going on Elance, which which is now Upwork these days. I used to have a, a a daily routine where I'd go on Upwork and you know spend an hour just sending out uh, proposals and contacting people on Upwork. Um, and turning that into an actual system that was something I did every day. So that's those kinds of things started to get clients coming in. And and then the, the thing that really blew things up, the, the, the one thing that really blew things up for us was Google AdWords. Mm. So what, what specifically about Google AdWords helped your business grow? Yeah, it was, it was um, you know, I think a lot of people sort of think that Google AdWords should work, but they can't quite figure out how to get it to work. I mean, mm. people are on Google searching for web design companies. It should work, but I think a lot of people go and try AdWords and you know spend a few hundred bucks and it doesn't work for them. And the two things, the couple things that I did differently were one, you know, I I I said, okay, I'm going to figure out how to get AdWords to work, 
and I committed to spending a few thousand dollars on it in an attempt just to get one client um, rather than saying I'm going to you know, spend a hundred bucks and see what happens. So I really spent enough money to, to, that I could test some things, experiment with it, and, and um, you know, I gave myself the room to figure out how to get it to work. And the other thing that I did was, you know, with traditional marketing, you're trying to get people, you're almost, you're trying to make your ads as appealing as possible. So people click on them and people are interested in them. I took the sort of opposite approach and said, how can I write an ad that won't get clicked on by the people who aren't a good fit? Hmm. And yeah, because because with Google you're with with Google AdWords you're paying every time somebody clicks on your ad. Yeah. So I said, well, what can we do to reverse things? And so one of the things that I did, uh, I did a whole variety of things. But one of the things that I did is I actually put my starting price right in the ad, so that I would avoid clicks from all of the people that were looking for a do-it-yourself website or website for a couple hundred bucks or something like that. Okay. So basically what you're saying is that you you made sure that you were able to segment and kind of like filter out people that were not actually in the right frame of mind to purchase what you were selling. So rather than getting tire kickers that want free stuff, you just said, hey, this is my price. You know when you're coming to Joe, you're paying for something rather than just coming to, you know, waste your time and get you paying Google or kinds of money just for no leads no quality leads exactly and and i think the first day i, I launched that campaign on adwords uh, as a number of years ago now and that first day i got a call from a company that ended up buying buying a website ended up doing you know buying a an ongoing search engine optimization retainer and you know they're still a client today and if, you know, paid paid me. I don't know, probably thirty grand over a number of years for search engine optimization and the website and everything. Mm -hmm. and that was the first day I launched that campaign. Uh, so now, looking at your business as things started to grow, obviously some parts of your business would be growing fast, while others would probably not grow as fast as um, other segments of your business. So, how did you? go in and analyze what's working and not, what's not working and then start making tweaks and changes so that you could optimize your business and your marketing for efficiency and growth? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I, I, think, I think the one thing that happened was, you know, most people starting their business and everything are in that situation where um, there's a deficit of clients. There's a deficit of business. Yeah. Um, but as soon as you get, as soon as you get the marketing working, that flips, and you're in a situation where where time becomes the problem, and you know capacity becomes the problem, not getting the clients. So, I had to switch and really figure out of all of the different kinds of websites that I can build and services that I can provide and everything. What were the ones that were most profitable, and um, what could I actually do? And so one thing that I, I discovered was um, at, the, at that point we were doing a lot of WordPress websites, but we were also doing a lot of custom-built custom, custom built, um, 
you know, custom programming websites, sort of web applications and stuff. And mm -hmm. those were some of the, the, the highest price sites that we're doing, yeah. but they took a lot of time and a lot of my time and were very hard to, um, sort of get contractors and project managers and team members that could manage those sort of crazy custom projects. So we ended up starting to to not take those on and, and eliminating those. And so now we're 100% focused on WordPress um, because, you know, I think, you know, as you grow your business, you, you actually have to really – keep cutting cutting away at the different services that you offer so that you end up with something that's scalable and and very very focused great and now joe people listening to this podcast and people watching all the business content that's provided out there usually hear about you know the positive side you know the struggle then the growth, the, the, the struggle, the breakthrough, and then the growth. But sometimes in the whole process, we also have some negative things and challenges come up. And in your case, for example, as you were growing your business and you were making big deals and helping several companies around the world grow their businesses, you also had people that were trying to smell your name and pull you down on the internet. So how did you cope and deal with those challenges knowing fully well that you were doing an honest work, earning honest money and helping people around the world, but yet you still had trolls that were coming after you and trying to smear your good name and cause you to have kind of like a, a bad, well, a, a slight tarnished reputation on the internet. Not that you have a bad reputation, but they were trying to tarnish your good reputation on the internet. Yeah, that's actually, it's a really good question. And I, I think... What I found, and I'll, I'll tell you a couple stories on that. I found that anything you, any kind, anytime you go out in the business and you sort of put your put yourself out there, you're going to run into people in situations where, um, you know, you're doing everything right, and somebody um, says something bad about you or is unhappy about something. And, it, at first, it's really shocking, and you you feel like you did something wrong, or maybe you should shut down your business, or this kind of thing. And um, I think it's just important. It, it's it's important to realize that's going to happen, and sort of see it as something that's going to build, sort of thicken your skin. Mm -hmm. And you know, at the end of the day, you have to make a decision between: Do you want to build your business? Do you want to live the life that you want to lead and achieve your dreams, or do you want to sort of hide from the possibility that, you know, you might ruffle some feathers and, um, you know, but it's hard. It's definitely hard. Um, the, the first time that ever happened to me was, was still back in high school. Um, and it was, it was shocking. It was, it was like one of the most horrible experiences ever at that point. What happened was I was in the local newspaper, the newspaper, um, in my local town, did a story about me about how I was in high school and I had this web design business and everything. And some somebody had somebody had a web design business saw this article about this high school kid with a web design business and he actually went on my website, made a list of all my clients and started emailing them saying that uh I was horrible and I built horrible websites and all this stuff and I'm this high school kid. Um, and that was shocking. I mean, when, when a client of mine forwarded, forwarded that to me, I just, I, I probably, I can't remember. I started crying. I probably did. I mean, that was one of the most horrible things that ever happened to me, but, 
Um, you know, I was I was doing good work, but I, you know, I was a high school kid. I wasn't yeah. building the world class websites, but but I had to I had to get over that and keep going, mm-hmm. and things like that keep happening, and sort of that's life. And I think the the biggest advice for people that I have is one, um, one is to realize it's going to happen and and think of it as just something that, you, that that's going to build thicken your skin and that, that you have to get through and another challenge. Um, and the other thing is do your best to ignore it rather than um, sort of engaging with it or getting angry about it. Mm. And I, I, th- I think the more you focus on doing good work, on getting results for your customers, your clients, and, and providing a lot of value, um, sort of the, the testimonials and reviews and things that will be, will be generated by that, the, the good publicity will be generated by that. And I think that's that's a better strategy than sort of trying to fight it, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. because to, when you, when you start fighting them, that means you're also adding fuel to the fire, and you know, and that could spiral out of control because you don't want to see people's, uh, you don't want to let people see that it's getting to you. Everybody kind of expects that there'll be bumps in the road and challenges along the way, but engaging and going down to the level of people that are trying to pull you down just affects you even more so it's always better to rise above the situation and just ignore it kind of like a mosquito trying to take a bite out of you <laughs> yeah it's like in 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 the secret uh, book and documentary some i forget who is in there uh somebody says um what you resist persists and i think that you know when you try to really resist something and fight against something i think you end up in a lot of times and online it's just sort of fueling it whereas if you just focus on you know doing good work um you know that stuff will fade away and it, it, you know that's not what people see when um you know you know when the testimonials and the reviews and the positive stuff start coming out if yeah. that makes sense yeah so we've talked a lot about the business itself the web design business but you've also transitioned into being a coach and a consultant for people so how did that come about and then why did you decide that you wanted to give back and share and impart wisdom and knowledge to people that are coming up behind you because you could just have easily just said hey let me go on the beach with my lifestyle business and just keep making <laughs> in the money and you know do my thing yeah that's a, a couple couple things so one thing happened was we eventually got to the place in the the with the web design agency that project managers were running most of the projects and I sort of had some additional free time and I always I always had this desire to be a teacher I even remember asking some of my college professors after I graduated if there's any way I could be a professor and and teach classes um of course I didn't have enough gre- degrees to do that yeah. um but it was always something that interested me, and you know, people I knew were interested in how I was getting web design clients and what I was doing. So it seemed like this perfect opportunity to do something I'd really enjoy, um, you know, and do the teaching via via my own business. And so I so I started started doing that, um, and it's been awesome. We've worked with a ton of really cool freelance web designers and agencies, and, and people are getting great results. And it's it's really a lot of fun to tell people and it's it's just a business that I really enjoy um, and I think to answer your question about going on the beach I mean I 
I try I try to travel a lot. I mean, I just you know my fiance and I were just over in Europe for a while, and then I was in the Bahamas, and so I try to travel about a third of the year. But um, I think as being a part of part of things, one of the things about being a true entrepreneur, I feel like is uh, that uh, sort of that's your calling, and and no matter what, I feel like uh, you can you'd still be doing some sort of business or some sort of endeavor. Hmm. So. Could you give us like one major example of someone that came to you for help, for coaching, and then how you were able to advise them and coach them out of their previous state where they weren't doing just as well or being successful in their business to a point where, you know, they're now making the money they want, they're living the life they dreamed and their business is growing month over month. Yeah, I'll give you a... a sort of a very specific example of a, a realization that, that um, sort of I helped, I facilitated someone having during a, during a call and then that, you know, resulted in, in the next steps from there. I was talking to someone who had a web design business and um, they were focused on a, a very specific industry and they, they were sort of wanting to switch to a different industry or a different focus. And I didn't understand why, and they kept telling me that the people in their industry didn't want to pay a whole lot, and they, you know, were very cheap and things like that. And it didn't make sense to me. And so as we kept talking and talking, and they were telling me about their email list, and they, they, they do a lot of promotions to their email list to generate clients, but everything's really low dollar value, and everybody's really cheap and everything. As we started talking, I identified that what was going on was that the marketing message that they had was that they were going out and advertising that they did cheap, affordable websites. And all of their promotions to their email list and everything were discounts and, you know, call now to get a website and get 500 bucks off and things like that. And so they had this realization that it wasn't the industry that was being cheap, it was what they were projecting out into the market. They were advertising cheap websites. They were doing discount promotions and everything. And so the people that were contacting them were the people that were interested in discounts and interested in cheap websites. And so that was a huge realization for them. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I think it's sometimes good to look what are you, what, what are you projecting out and what is the mess, you know, what's the marketing message that you're sending out there and, and how's that affecting the kind of people that, that that you're bringing in? And so, what they did was they reformulated. You know, we worked with them to develop a strategy that was more focused on the results they could help people get and the value they could provide, rather than on the discounts. Yeah. And um, almost immediately, they doubled their prices. And you know, I think within a few days, closed the deal and were sort of off to the races. Um, with this new strategy, building you know websites that were they were charging a lot more for, and for people that really wanted results and high quality work rather than discounts, and it started with that key realization mm -hmm. that that they needed to have. Yeah, and it's funny how people always think that you should go into a bidding war, or pricing war for your service when they don't realize that if you are growing a business product or service that there are two ways to actually grow your business either focus on the price side or on the value proposition side and if you are to give a strong and good enough value proposition then people will pay whatever they 
are asked to pay because they know that they are getting the value for money because if you start running your prices down i mean you can go as far as 10 bucks for a website you know there are people across the globe that will probably take that money and do a website but they probably wouldn't do as good enough of a job and you don't want to be in that uh, game well it it's funny it's funny you said ten dollars for website because that was you know when i was when i had that do-it-yourself website builder that's what i was charging i was charging nine dollars a month for that and i never got anybody to sign up and and i was in that that mindset of pricing well i thought well if i if i kept dropping the price somebody would eventually buy it but i wasn't providing the value and so even at nine dollars it wasn't uh nobody was taking the action yeah because at one point people know subconsciously that hey man i get what i pay for so if i get a five ten dollar website <laughs> i might as well <laughs> live with the consequences of getting that kind of a website you know <laughs> exactly that, that's great so as we start to wind down the show joe i'm just gonna ask you some quick uh wrapping up questions and then mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you go so going back in time to when you first started out knowing what you know now what would you do differently the the two things that I would do differently would be one I would from the very beginning focus on getting doing marketing every day and getting a marketing system in place that was working um, I spent a lot of time sort of trying to get referrals and sort of hoping that my business was going to eventually grow and I could have um, avoided a lot of that had I just realized I need to be doing something every single day in my business to get in front of um, ideal clients and that my number one focus, my number one priority needed to be getting a marketing system in place that worked, that was repeatable, that I could just run and sort of bring in clients on demand and um, could really have shortcut a lot of things had I understood that that needed to be my priority. Um, and then the other thing would be focusing on the the value and the um, the results that I could provide people, the solutions to problems I could provide people, and that kind of thing, as opposed to the the affordability and cheap websites and that kind of thing, and the the, the pricing the pricing war. Those would be the two things that would really uh, make a difference if I had understood. And in your experience, what's the most frustrating thing about being an entrepreneur? I think it's that um, I think it's the the roller coaster up and down um, thing that you that you have to really get used to, and um, even after you know twelve years or so in business, it's still something that that is a struggle. It's that roller coaster where you know, one day, you know, maybe one hour, things seem so amazing, and then the next hour, things are rough. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you'll 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 have you know at noon, you'll talk to a client, and they're saying, "Yeah, I'm definitely going to get started, and I'm going to send you the check now." And then one o'clock, you'll talk to somebody, and they're saying, "Yeah, I'm sending my check." And so, you know, by one o'clock, you're like, "Wow, I sold these two clients. Everything's amazing." And then by four o'clock, they both emailed in and said they're not moving forward. And then some other client emailed you with some problem, and now you're like, the whole world's falling apart. And that is entrepreneurship—that crazy up and down. And I think if you have to, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you just have to realize that that's sort of part of the game. Yeah, that's interesting. And who's an entrepreneur you admire, and why do you admire that person so much? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, let's see. I'm going to say Evan Pagan again. I mentioned him. You know, his information has been really, really impactful for me. Um, and I, one of the reasons I, I really admire him is because he's someone that is very focused on marketing and, you know, being really good at copywriting and everything like that, but at the same time is very, very focused on providing tons of value and really delivering amazing products. And I think going for that balance is really an important thing. I think there's there's people out there that focus only on sort of their product or their service and never do any marketing, and so that's not the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that sort of advocate – 100% mo- focus on marketing and then your product or service doesn't have to be that great and you know I don't think that's the right way to go either and so I think Eben has a really good balance and that's a it's a it's good to see and it's something good to look up to and my second to the last question is what's the worst or most difficult job you've ever had and what did you learn from that experience hmm that's a really good question um, the most <laughs> the funny one. This is a funny one. Um, when I was still in high school, one of the things I was offering was a ninety-nine dollar logo design service, um, and I was getting clients on Craigslist. And I had somebody that they had an audiovisual kind of business that what they wanted was a logo where it was a a picture of Medusa, um, you know, the monster with the snakes for hair and everything. Mm-hmm. And instead of snakes for hair, they wanted all these audiovisual cords like coaxial cables and uh, parallel cables and stuff like that coming out of her head. Um, so I spent weeks, maybe even months, drawing, drawing this and photoshopping these um, – Hello? Hello? They're not paying me. Wow. They didn't pay? It was just a bad experience. It was a crazy project and they never ended up paying me. And I think the thing I learned from that was was simply that I should take some of the money in advance rather than saying, you know, only pay and so uh, it was it was a it was one of my first lessons but it was it was I, I guess I learned from trying to create this crazy logo but it was just an interesting story yeah and my last question is you know for people that are looking to start a business or a venture similar to what you did when you first started out what's your advice to them especially people that are just graduating a couple months back or people looking to transition from their job into starting their own thing what would you tell them i think i would tell them the the thing i always say for for somebody who wants to get into entrepreneurship is that you just need to get started um don't wait for that perfect you know Facebook, YouTube, you know, level crazy business idea nobody's ever heard of. Just get into business, you know, even if it's doing freelance work, even if it's doing whatever it is, just to get into business and start learning about it because uh, you're going to learn so much actually sort of being in the game 
that uh, you just want to get started. Great. And with that said, my friend, we've reached the end of the show. I really want to thank you for coming to share your words of wisdom. So before I let you go, where can people find you and learn more about what you're doing? Absolutely. So on the on the web design digital agency side, you can go to kasherbawebdesign.com. And on the, the coaching and information side, if you're a freelancer or an agency owner looking to grow your business, you can go to joekasherba.com and uh, learn more uh, that way. Uh, and what about your coaching and consulting program? Is there a different website or joekasherba? Yeah, that's is it? Yeah, that's the Joe Kasherba website, and uh, we have about an hour and a half webinar that we do periodically, and you can sign up for that and get a lot of free value out of that and uh, go from there. Oh, okay, great. And with that, and I'll link to everything you've just mentioned in the show notes. So with that said, my friend, thanks for coming on the show, and I really appreciate you taking the time to share your words of wisdom with the audience. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com.